are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are oh, you? Doing pretty well myself. Um, really excited about today's episode. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we've decided to uh, answer a question from one of our very special listeners, um, Michelle from Tennessee. Yep. I want to say hi. Thanks for reaching out to us on the Facebook. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for reaching out, Michelle. We will answer your question today. Yeah, Michelle wanted to know, why did we stay in our narcissistic abuse relationships? And I thought that was a pretty deep, heavy question. Mm -hmm. We did reply to her on Facebook, but um, yeah, we thought we would make an entire episode out of this because... Yeah, it's, it's a very complicated yes, question. It is, and yeah, it was kind of tricky to try to answer, like in completeness i guess because mm. there, there's there's so many different um aspects yeah and and we have two different experiences tiffany and i mm -hmm. and that in itself was a pretty challenging um way of trying to communicate but i guess michelle you know she's in a similar type of situation and she wanted to know mm. you know like is she experiencing a similar thing as well so yep. I, th I think we've been helpful but yep, yeah, today we're going to talk about our experiences, um, just so that you know other people can appreciate how challenging it is to leave a narcissistic, abusive relationship. And yeah, so I I think I'll go first. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my challenge was I didn't know I was in a narcissistic abusive relationship. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty big one. Yeah, that's why I didn't leave. You don't I, know what you don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't know. What I did know was that I wasn't comfortable. <laughs> I was angry a lot. Uh, I felt often like hurt. <laughs> and also like it was my fault. <laughs> uh, a lot of the time I felt like I had done something wrong and I had to fix it. Yep. And that was constantly being reinforced to me in many different ways. Like, people would say things to me like, oh, you should do this for her. Um, you know, you, or did you get her flowers? Mm -hmm. um, did you take her to a nice dinner? When is the last time you went on a nice holiday? Um, there were so many things that were parroted to me over and over again. Like, when I thought, like, Man, you, you're probably just messing this up, you know? You're not mm. getting this right. Um, and I, I just didn't know what I was involved in. <laughs> and the isolation that that I was experiencing as well, uh, because I was, you know, in this relationship where they cut your other friends off. Mm -hmm. So if they're not comfortable with a person, they find a way to get rid of that person. Yep. Um, so let's say, you know, you have another female friend, for example. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she'll say things like, oh, I just don't like how she looks at you. You know, I just don't like how she talks to you. So you get rid of the person just to make them happy because yeah. you don't want them to be jealous or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they'll accuse you of potentially cheating or having some sort of emotional attachment to a person. Yeah, classic. Yep. Um, so <laughs> those those are some of the things I experience. And then if the person is male and they're just a good buddy, but they're making you think about your situation. Mm right yeah they get rid of him as well by saying things like i don't like how he looks at me mm -hmm. i think your friend is hitting on me and and again you, you start to feel like 
you know, you got to get rid of this person because, well, they're being disrespectful, mm-hmm. you know, to your partner, right? Yeah. So those those were, you know, the, the situation I was in and then the environment. So we were both in a religious type organization situation, mm-hmm. aka church. And, um, you know, all these other church people, you know, how they treat marriage and that kind of stuff. It's really sacred mm-hmm. and you promise stuff before God. And therefore, you're responsible because you're the man mm-hmm. and you're the head of the household, even though nobody ever followed my lead on anything. But I always had to go report back to somebody else that she complained to, you know, because the you know, pastor or whoever else had a lot more power mm-hmm. than I did, apparently. So, yeah, you find yourself in this environment of isolation where you can't test your truth. Mm-hmm. So now you're feeling uncomfortable. You feel stuck. You really want this to work because you want to work on this relationship and get it going and get it working for you. You want to be happy, mm-hmm. but it's not. It doesn't work for you. Right. You're just stuck in the environment and everybody's telling you the same thing and you do not know that you are being abused. Yeah, because the abuse is normalized. Yes. And so that was the prime reason I didn't leave. I, I didn't know I was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. It's only when I, you know, started to do research outside of it. Yep. And then I had a friend or two outside of it that thought different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start to discover there are other types of relationships where people don't live the way how I was living. Mm-hmm. And, and then you discover the word narcissist. Yep. I remember when I discovered it. Yeah, I I didn't know that that was a thing either back then. Nope. Um. So yeah, for twenty something years, mm-hmm. I was stuck, thinking that I was the problem. I was just not a good enough husband, and I didn't pray enough, and do enough godly things, and spend enough money, to hold on to my family, and then I discovered, yeah, you're being abused. Once you discover you're being abused, it changes everything. Oh, yeah. You you can't unsee it after that. Yes. Once you it, see it, you can't unsee it. Everything became like, whoa, hold on now. Yeah, it's like denial. You go through denial. Like, oh, no, that's that's not what it is. Yeah, the initial stages when, like, little scenarios were presented to me mm-hmm. by a good friend of mine. Like, yeah, we'd be just chatting, and she would say things like, that sounds pretty abusive. and it's like, no, 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 it was, and I make all the kind of excuses for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I reclassify the behavior, justify yeah. the behavior. Oh, maybe they were just having a bad day. And... Exactly. Yeah, and I, I'll make up stories in my mind mm-hmm. to justify that. Well, she really loves me, so. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, you believe that. Yeah. You fully believe that they love you. Absolutely. So. Yeah, that's one of the key reasons why I stayed. I, I didn't know I was being abused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just felt bad all the time. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I started to get angrier and angrier, and which made me seem more sinful. And then everybody mm-hmm. started to think that I was cheating or I was doing something wrong. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not that type of person. I, I don't cheat. So I was confused. Mm -hmm. and and constantly depressed then as a result of it because i had no outlet 
Mm-hmm. I had no way of having a logical conversation with anyone. Yeah. If you went to counseling, you went to counseling with a person from the religion. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying, right? And and then they give you the religious solutions. Mm-hmm. And and therefore, you know, we could just pray it away. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't really get any mm-hmm. true mental health like expertise mm-hmm. is always some spiritual you know yeah. thing or it's uh, a communication issue absolutely just need to communicate better yes um we were both instructed to read that book um i think some of men are from mars and women are from venus and then when that didn't work it was the one on love languages mm-hmm. and then we had to listen to um, this program called focus on the family um wow. Yeah, it was a whole set of religious stuff that was just being shoved down my throat, you know, as a solution for why my relationship wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the moment that I started to talk to a functional person outside of that community, mm-hmm. outside of that space, it was like, they could just recognize it right away. They were like, oh, I'm familiar with that. Um, that's this thing. And I'd be like, nah, nah, that can't be it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. And then I started my research. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you go on YouTube, right? And there's this um lady, Dr. Romani. She's amazing, by yes, the way. Absolutely is. wonderful. Um Oh, she's really good. And I, I started watching her stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the thing that really blew my mind was that it was predictable in yes. terms of how she would describe it, right? Because yep. it's a sickness that they have. Yep, the patterns. The patterns are the same, you mm-hmm. know. It, it was no longer, no, you're in this peculiar relationship, then you need to work harder on it. Because they tell you, oh, marriage is hard. Yep. Yeah, marriage is hard. Yeah. Yeah, so I have... Um... A similar, a very similar, actually, experience where I didn't know with the first one, especially, actually, with both of them. But we'll start with the first because that was the first. I didn't know. I didn't know I was being abused, and hey. like you, I had no idea what the word narcissist even meant. I didn't even know it was a word. And the way I started learning about it was just getting like articles on my Facebook, like the you know the ask questions are you with a narcissist and stuff like that they just started showing up yeah yeah they just started showing up which is on the facebook eh? on the facebook yeah the one and only (laughs) yeah so uh i started reading articles and taking tests and and uh so it's like a vanity fair thing then uh, oh, was it cosmopolitan? I, I'm trying to think of like a little bit further back. Than oh, okay. Now, I, I remember like when I was younger, you know, there would be these magazines and they would ask these questions. Cosmo, right. oh, please, man. Yeah, right, yeah, that kind of stuff. I was just wondering if it was like that, you know. I just like that's an interesting discovery. You know, I was just saying, like, Google could not have been predicting that that time. Well, no, no, the yeah. technology wasn't wasn't like it is now. Yeah. So yeah, I started reading these articles and then I was like, okay, well, uh, I can see how he has a few tendencies, but he he's he's not a full-blown narcissist. No, no, that can't be. No, he does he does some of that, but it's not all of it. And uh, uh the more I read, the more I realized um 
yeah, this is this is what it is. Well, and luckily I had a friend mm. who was an employee of this guy, mm. and we got along really, really good right off the bat. We just had an instant connection. Okay. And uh, but it was a rule that I couldn't be friends with the employees. Mm. So he uh, tried to stop me from like being her friend, even though we worked together. Mm, that's part day. of the control, part of the isolation. Oh, yeah, kind of difficult to, yeah. to implement like, that one. Like but, you yeah. said, they don't want you to talk to people yeah. that could tell you things oh, about no, what you're not. going through yeah, that's true. as a threat to them. So that's why he didn't want me to hang out with her outside of work. No fraternizing mm-hmm. with the employees, right? Yeah, it's like you can't be friends with the help. You wonder you're paying them, they're not helping. But anyway, that's hilarious. Yeah, so luckily, like, um, she saw everything. Like, she knew, she knew what narcissists looked like. Oh. Like, her mother was one. So she wow. had experience with them, and I, I had none. And she actually pointed out a lot of the things to me that I never realized. Because the abuse had become normal. Mm. And, um, yeah, so that was the first one. And the reason I stayed as long as I did, for one thing, I got married very young. Mm. I was 20 years old when I got married. So I was, like, pretty much from my mother's place to his. So I didn't have the uh, real world experience, I guess. That's a very good point you made there, though, because I got married i think i was 24 which is very young mm-hmm. um for male um but n- pretty normal if you were in a religious setting yeah because you know if you if you want to have permission to have sex from god right you, you have to you do have to it in the, yeah in the confines of of a marriage <laughs> and use the word confines i should have really ran because clearly, clearly you're in prison now but... well they don't call it the old ball and chain for nothing i know right which is kind of difficult <laughs> when you're black but yeah i can see that yeah, yeah it's a little challenging you know i don't want to get back on another boat again no balls or chains or nothing ancestral you know, which... trauma there yeah then. definitely anyway <laughs> but yeah i i was married young and that that was also part of my trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like at 20, your brain isn't even fully developed yet. You're telling me. So, uh, yeah, so that was that was a big thing mm-hmm. going against me. Um, another thing, well, he, he knew that I was young and impressionable, so he took advantage of that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had my own finances. Uh, it was always his income. I wasn't permitted to get a job because... It wouldn't have made a difference, according to him. And uh, so I didn't have my own bank account. It was always a joint account. So I had no control over my finances. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was another reason I stayed. Um, He actually, he told me that uh, nobody would love me the way he loved me. Which later on I found out was a complete lie because narc number two loved me the same way. (laughs) I believed it at the time, and I'm like, "That's love." Never gonna say that somebody else really loved you. But okay, guys. No, not at that point, though. We gotta sell that joke, man. 
<laughs> yeah, so, uh, oh, the uh, decision thing. Mm-hmm. That's another thing uh, he got me on. Well, this is number, well, no, both of them. But I remember the most from the second one. So whenever I would make a decision mm-hmm. on my own, he would always say something or whatever to tell me that it was a bad decision or a wrong decision. Mm-hmm. So any decision I made all on my own, it was either bad or wrong in his eyes. And he was not shy to tell me, well, you shouldn't have done that. You should have done this instead. Something as stupid as going to one grocery store mm-hmm. and paying a little bit more for this particular item than going mm-hmm. to another store. So I went to this store. I bought this thing. I bring it home. Oh, why did you go there? You could have gone here. Like, it's way cheaper here. You shouldn't have gone to that one. Oh. So they, they do these things to teach you that you can't make a decision for yourself. You need them to make decisions for you because you're not capable. Because yeah. anytime you make a decision on your own, it's bad or wrong. Yeah, well, one of my programmings came about, well, I noticed it because it was already in place. So I'll be like, we'll be watching television together and I'll get sleepy and decide, ah, I'm just going to go to bed. Mm-hmm. So it's just upstairs. You know, in the same house. Where were you going? What? What do you mean? Where were you going? Oh, I'm I'm just going to bed. And you didn't tell me? Oh, God. I was like, well, I didn't know I needed to tell you. Um, I'm going to bed. Father, no, it's a problem with you. You just you just get up and leave me down here. And, and, and you didn't tell me you were going to bed. And it's like, I'm just going to Bed. I'm just sleepy. It's and, and, like and, you're like driving in the middle of nowhere and just kicked her out of the car and left. No, I just wanted to go up the stairs and so go to dramatic. sleep. I think it's, I was already falling to sleep on the sofa, so mm-hmm. it's like I'm just gonna go upstairs and go to bed. Well, you, yeah, you should tell me so I can come and go with you. It's like I'm going to sleep. Maybe thought if we go to hold hands and give dreams together or something. Skip stairs. You know that's what I'm thinking, right? But like. Apparently, it was really offensive for me to make decisions that did not include them. Yep. Like going to bed. Yep. And it's it's not like you know like yeah we want to go get that mojo on mm-hmm. or something. It's like no, there's no invitation. I'm yep. not interested You're in that. I'm just scared. really sleepy. <laughs> and it was like a frustration. The other one that would happen would be let's so you're talking about grocery store. So let's just say. Uh, I was going to cook something and I realized, oh man, I don't have enough oil or could do with some salt or something. And mm-hmm. I decided I'll, I'll just pop out and get some. Ooh. No, you can't do that. I just can't leave. Oh. Like if I just got in the car and drove away, like I don't think two minutes would go by very quickly before I get a phone call. Where are you? Oh, I just go into the grocery store. I'll be right back. What? You didn't say anything well what what did you want me to say like you mean every time i'm leaving home i have to tell you where i'm going mm-hmm. well no you make it don't make it sound like that when you say it like that it sounds stupid mm-hmm. like you're that's not what i'm way. saying exactly you're taking it the wrong way what i'm saying is you know like i have you covered and i could have prayed for you and i'm always thinking about you i'm really concerned suppose something happened to you on oh, the road God. and i and you left and i didn't know mm-hmm. like the pressure 
uh-huh. to have to tell them exactly where you are all the time. Yep. I lived with that for years, thinking I was doing it wrong by just going off to do something, not mm. realizing that I was being abused. So, yeah, that just triggered me a little bit there. I just thought I would just jump right in and share that one. It's, like, like, it's amazing how similar our experiences are. Yeah. The whole bedtime thing, I couldn't, like, I would be falling asleep on the couch. I couldn't just get up and go to bed. Well, you too. Like, if and if I did, I'd be, let's say I'd, I have to get ready for bed. So I would crawl onto bed and he would come up. You, you didn't tell me you were going to bed. I'm like, well, I was tired. So I the, the exact same thing. Even like one time in the summer, it was really hot mm-hmm. in the house. So I went down to the basement to take a nap. He was sitting on the couch watching TV. I just got up, went downstairs, took a nap. Come back up after. Where did you go? in the basement to take a nap well you didn't let me know you went i can't move around freely in my own house without telling like this sounds a lot like you know that place where people go to when they commit a crime what yeah, was that? prison prison yes yes it yes. sounds a lot like that to me you, you did not get a hall pass <laughs> you were not permitted to Go up the stairs or leave the house, go down yeah. to the basement. You know, you're not permitted unless you check in with them. And they program you for years. Mm. And and that's one of the reasons you don't leave, because you don't know what's happening to you. You just think, like, they must really love me. Because mm. that's how you mm. reinterpret it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they love me so much that even when I'm about to go up the stairs, I have to go give them a kiss and tell them I love you. I'm just going to be, you know, upstairs in bed. Mm-hmm. and it sounds like stuff that I've seen on TV as well. So that makes it even creepier for me because, you know, you watch these TV shows and like little sitcoms and yeah. yeah, whenever somebody's going to bed, they go kiss each other and they actually believe that that crap is real. It's just a TV show. It's not real. But, and then they set bad examples on these shows. It makes me mm. really upset and angry because that's not how functional people live. But that's the point. They don't want functional people in society. Uh, I guess not. That's why they keep bringing out these movies and TV shows. But when's the last time you saw a TV show of a, a functional, happy couple? Yeah, well, there is this one show that I think I watched recently, but again. You know, yeah, it's rare. Very if it's rare. Out yes, there, it's it was rare. a one-off show. Yeah, because and... it's the drama is funny. That's the entertainment for people. Yeah, is the drama. It's true. It's true. Yeah, and this show was actually it was pretty good. It was about um the secret, you know. So I I think that's how they ended up being functional, even though you know they didn't start off. The lady had issues, whatever, but. You know, like that's the closest thing I've seen to functionality. Okay. All the other shows that I've watched that I can, yeah, there's there's no functional people. Mm. There's always something dramatic. Like every show, the guy comes home, pours himself a, a glass of alcoholic beverage of some kind. Mm. It's like, do people really do this? Like, how often do mm. people drink? I don't know, right? Like, yeah, I guess that world. must be a thing. Yeah, my my old world, that was. That was a pretty big thing. And yeah. then they make fun of people who make smoothies. I don't get that. Well, smoothies are good for you. Like, it's, it's, it's cool when you, as soon as you get home, mm. you need a drink. 
So abusing yourself is cool. Yes, but apparently. But taking care of yourself, that's, that's not they cool They make at fun all. of you. You're granola munching, smoothie drinking. <laughs> you know, your legs are probably hairy and you wear funny shoes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hear them say these things. Hairs and dreads. Yeah, yeah. You know, About like, like white hippies or whatever. They they do the dread thing. They do? Yeah. Oh, okay. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, yeah, I've yeah, seen those, yeah. those, the, like, granola munching type, uh, as I'll, they would say. I'll let that go. You wear your hair however you want to, man. But, yeah, no, like, yeah, that's the reasons that we didn't leave. Mm-hmm. We didn't know. We yep. got accustomed to the abuse. Yep. And we thought that we were being loved. Yep. Then uh, apparently I didn't learn enough in the first one, so I did it again. Well, <laughs> oops. Only the sound that goes right now, but yeah, See? yeah, well, yeah. You you kind of make these mistakes because yeah, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and in your situation, I found it interesting. Like the other one appeared to be better yes. because you talked a lot about the first one. It was a different. It was a different kind of yeah. a narcissist, and that's what messed me up because mm-hmm. it was like i felt the same way but it, it looked different uh, so that confused me i thought like it all looked exactly like this mm. but it, it's yeah it's, that's the thing right so when you're describing now which i found because people would ask me now that i've left mm-hmm. why did you leave <laughs> right so you know like other people ask that question quite often oh i, I heard this thing and yeah, like, when well, they don't know anything, right? Right, but I, I don't tell them too much because it's my business. Mm. And and a lot of the people that would have known the relationship are still on that side of yeah. the world, you know? They're on the and outside. They're, they're, they're on the, in the religious-type community, and mm. they think that, um, you know, not being in a confined, um, you know, relationship ordained by God is... Oh, you, you're that means you're 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 doing what prostitutes now because they, they always present this alternative. It's so it's ridiculous. Like the, the worst case scenario. It's the worst <laughs> thing ever. You know, like, you know you're gonna catch AIDS because you're gonna have to pay for your sex, right? And it's like what? What are you talking about? All right, but it's like you you have to be doing the worst things now because you've decided to save yourself from abuse. And so I don't really tell much people, but every now and again, somebody may say, so like, what happened? And then you mm. try to tell them and it feels like if you're saying the dumbest yeah. thing ever, cause they're like, oh, they can't see it. Mm. Oh, you guys seem like the perfect couple. It doesn't make any you're sense. so to good together. Yes. I don't understand. Yeah. So that's, that's, that in itself has been an interesting dilemma. You know, from, you know, Michelle asking the question, why did we stay? Mm-hmm. And to these other people who were still involved, mm-hmm. why did you leave? Yeah. But in both situations, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain, especially to people who ask you why you left. Like, here's the reason why I left. And to them, it seems like, oh, that sounds like a perfectly good relationship to me. Mm-hmm. Seems like if you must have been cheated. That's what I get all the time. Wow. Every single time I try to explain my abuse, someone says to me so you were cheating i was like no no i wasn't cheating i was being abused and i became frustrated but people get tired of each other all the time didn't you try this didn't you try that and i'd be like i was being abused 
Yeah, they don't care. They don't care. They don't believe you. Yeah. Oh, that's. I, I don't want to. I don't want to get in your business. Exactly. Because then, they, when you start to tell them the details, they, they're mm. like, because I think what happens too, it makes them uncomfortable. Oh, I was just about to say that. Because they're probably experiencing the same thing mm-hmm. and living with it, and they're really, really happy or pretending to be happy. Yeah. Convincing themselves that they're happy. Just like I used to be. Right. Just like I used to be. Right. So now I'm I'm the bad person that they've been warned about Mm. that's trying to ruin their marriage. Like if their marriage wasn't already ruined. Uh (laughs) Just like mine was. You know, so Yeah. That's what happens to you. That's the Mm. reason you don't leave. Yeah. That's my reason at least. There's a lot. There's a lot more to that too. Like the um, the first one, like, I was I was young, and I, I didn't get my license when I was a teenager because mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it, and I didn't have a vehicle to drive. Okay. So I didn't get it. So I didn't have it by the time I met him. And I wasn't, this is another thing I wasn't permitted to do, is to actually drive. So Anything that would lead to an escape. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really hot place. Mm-hmm. Well. It was Phoenix, mm-hmm. so it's in the summer. It's you can't step outside more than five minutes without cooking to death, mm-hmm. unless you're in a pool. But um, yeah, I had no no license, no vehicle. That was another. Where'd you live? You live in the suburbs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you there's definitely no escape. Yeah, not in the city. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't walk to anything, even in like cooler weather. There was nothing to walk to. It's it would far. take like forty five minutes an hour to walk somewhere. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that was another reason. Like, how am I supposed to leave when I can't even drive? See, and here's the thing, you know, that's why I'm really excited to have Michelle reach out to us and talk to us about this a bit. Because there's a lot of people out there who live in, like, how we used to live. Mm-hmm. And they're just, like, under the radar kind of thing. You, you don't know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what they're going through. Yep. And you're assuming that they're in this great relationship and everything is fine. Because when you see them in their couple setting, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the performance, yep. right? With it, the mask on. Yeah, it looks yep. like, yeah, that's a regular good old couple. Look at them going to dinner. Look at them driving in the same car. Mm-hmm. You know, what you don't get to witness is the shouting and the screaming yeah. that occurs behind the closed doors yeah. and the frustration. The, and the getting anger. drunk and picking a fight. Yes, all those um, things that could potentially happen behind the closed doors and mm-hmm. that's why you know we we made this podcast so that people could listen and hear maybe what they're experiencing mm-hmm. and if they're ready um, yeah. to yeah that's to a, do a something tough about one. it like it's a tough one to admit to yourself that you chose an abusive relationship oh my gosh it felt like if someone had died um literally (laughs) no right um when i first discovered that this was me um participating in my own demise Mm -hmm. because you say to yourself after a while when you discover okay this is what's happening now i've learned about it then you try to fix it Mm -hmm. then you realize they don't want to fix it they like it like this yep and then you're like so I mean, all this time I had nothing. There was no real relationship. There mm-hmm. was just me being abused, and then you realize that like, you were the one who was trying to love functionally. 
mm-hmm. and they're already one you know who was loving you in this narcissistic personality disorder setting yeah and then you say to yourself but was i really being functional because you thought mm. you were yeah and then it hits you no you're actually being codependent you too are dysfunctional mm-hmm. you need to fix some stuff with yourself mm-hmm. and that my friends is really hard to deal with mm-hmm. especially since they don't want you to take care of yourself if you take care of yourself you're being selfish yes so they make you feel like a piece of shit for doing something for yourself yeah and that's that's how they get me you know you think that for once in your life now that you've discovered this thing we can work on this i love Mm. you let's just get help but they they refuse to go to therapy why would we need therapy yeah, we can work this out on our own. Yeah, exactly. We don't need no therapy. Look, see, look, I promise you I'm going to make it better. Oh, I did this to you. Don't worry. I would never do that to you again. <laughs> yeah, I love you. And and then you, you go back all the time thinking, mm-hmm. okay, good. And then it works for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the cycle, the love bombing and then the... the hoovering? Uh, you know, they discard you. The discard. Yeah, so they threaten you now with leaving or make mm-hmm. like they already withdraw from you. So they stop speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, no more touching, no more intimacy. There's this like silence, passive aggressive silence mm-hmm. in the home. And so they make you feel bad about it. Yeah, like you did something wrong. And all of a sudden talking. they start talking to you again, like if nothing ever happened. It's, it's so, yeah. Right. I don't, they have that amazing ability to just seemingly forget that yeah. they called you a bunch of names the night before. Oh, I'm sorry. Now that makes it all better. Yes. Um. Oh, you haven't gotten over that? Yeah. Like, okay, well, I like this analogy. So you take a plate mm-hmm. and smash it on the ground. Look at it on the ground in a million pieces. Say sorry to that plate. What does it do? It's a plate. Nothing. It's still broken in a million pieces. Yeah. But somehow they think that the sorry should put the plate back together. Uh, it should fix it. Uh, That's sorry not how fixes it works. everything. Mm-hmm. Got you now. Yeah, they don't have to change their behavior or anything. They just have to say sorry. Yeah, and they've gotten it over be... it somehow. Exactly. I've gotten over it. Why haven't you? Yeah. Well, that's really traumatizing when they really think back now. It's like, yeah, that just gave me like the weirdest creepy feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I experienced that many, many times. Like, I'm the one. I'm the one holding on to it. I'm holding it over his head. Yeah. How can we get past this? How can we move on if you keep holding this over my head? But they've never genuinely apologized for it, and they haven't changed their behavior. No, no, they But don't. you should just be over it. Yeah, you should just be fine like how you used to be. Mm-hmm. But now you know what you know. Yep. Now you your eyes are starting to open. Never be the same again. Nope. You know all of you, you. remember the time when you really started to like notice the, the little things? Oh man, I near the end there, I I picked up on every the tiniest little yeah. things, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not falling for that. I I know this game now. I'm smarter now. I've learned these things. I'm not gonna fall for that now. Like the gray rock method, like yeah. I talked about. In the previous episode. Yeah, you, you, I better learned that one that was tough for me. That one was really, really, really hard to yeah, follow through with. Because, like, I was so accustomed to 
explaining stuff. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is they would feign that they need help. Like, things that they could figure out for themselves. They would come and ask mm-hmm. you, present you with the problem. And then mm-hmm. a codependent person, you know, you like to help. Yeah, you just want to help. They play on your empathy. Mm-hmm. They play on the fact that you like to help people. Yep. So they're always helpless in some little moment to make you feel good about yourself mm-hmm. whilst you help them. And yeah. then you fall for the trick. And mm-hmm. then once you start engaging with them, now they've hoovered you back in. They've got you again. Yeah. So doing when I first learned about the Grey Rock Method, I like not saying anything. Oh my, literally, I left teeth marks in my tongue because I would <laughs> bite my tongue just trying not to say anything. It's so hard. Yes. Yeah, but once you, once you get it down, oh, the best thing ever. Yeah, because you can see everything then. You, you see when you stop talking, when you stop engaging mm-hmm. at that level, you know, and you just grunt or yeah. do the little hand signal things. And then they start to like, at first they're like, hmm. and then it turns into anger. Then it goes back to happy. Then it goes to sad. And you see them cycle through all these weird emotions. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you're like, what is happening? Who is yeah. this person? They go from crazy to happy to crying oh, to man. angry. Like, oh, all wow. in the same, like, like conversation, you know? And it's like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, so that reminds me of a time. Um, again, it was near the end when I wasn't, I wasn't showing any emotion because I had realized that that's what they feed on. So he was sitting there. He's, he's talking. He's saying how upset he is that, you know, I'm pulling away and blah, blah, blah. But I'm pulling away because I'm realizing I'm being abused. Mm-hmm. and in his mind, I was pulling away because I was cheating. Mm. Because, you know, according to him, as soon as I started going to therapy, our relationship started to started on its downward spiral, <laughs> which is absolutely ridiculous when you think about it. So anyways, he was talking about how he, upset he was that, you know, we're not the way we used to be, blah, 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 blah. I saw him flip freaking switch of crying like on and off like six times in that conversation mm-hmm. like he would start crying trying to get my sympathy trying mm-hmm. to get my emotions out mm-hmm. I, I stayed stone cold the whole time and then like a like a light switch he stopped crying and then it went to anger a frustration and then he would go flip the switch back going at like this happens six times in a row and then i realized wow like they have full control over this shit like they can flip it on and off and they flip it on and off is all about you they're trying to get you to respond they want to to trigger you yes and when it doesn't work then they don't know what to do that's where the anger part really then emerges and then then they just go away and it's like now all of a sudden it's like it's over that's the end of it. That's when I realized there was nothing. Mm-hmm. That's like, when it was like easier to leave now because you realize if I don't get out of this, mm-hmm. if I don't get out of this, this is not going to end well. And I wish I could refer to it. Maybe we'll throw it in the description, you know, the little thing below on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was an episode from Dr. Romani um, where she talked about what happens if you stay with a narcissist? 
and she said, you know, a lot of people think that they're gonna live with it. They just decide, just, just, you know, let's, it's too late now. I've been in this relationship for so long. Mm-hmm. I'll just let them be themselves, and I'll just be myself. But you can never really be with them. Nope. And she explained very carefully, this person will kill you. Mm. You are going to die of either misery or you're going to get sick or something is going to happen to you because mm-hmm. you're not in a healthy situation. Yep. And then when you think that that's when this love is going to emerge and they are going to take care of you, they leave you. Mm-hmm. And this is a person with a lot of experience, you know, as a psychologist, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with this issue. I was mortified when I saw that thing. That, oh. for me, was my absolute turning point when I watched that video. I oh. was like, they do what? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm not letting that happen to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, right, the reason we're in it is because we don't take care of ourselves. Yeah. The reason we genuinely do not leave, other than all the things that we told you for the last 40 minutes, the reality of it is... We do not take care of ourselves. We were programmed to be codependent and to make other people happy. We become people pleasers. And we've been told it's selfish to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we stay in these abusive relationships for that reason. When you start to take care of yourself, when you start Mm. to go to counseling, and you get yourself some help, and you realize that you're not a whole person, it will hurt. Mm-hmm. you will feel like crap yep but if you do something about it and yep. you learn to regulate your emotions you learn how to deal with other people you become emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. um this will change your life yep and then you can truly get out of it yep like if you're in one of these if you think that maybe you might be in a relationship like this test it do something for yourself start going to counseling Gauge the reaction. What's the reaction? That's That'll tell you everything you need to know. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah, thanks for I listening. Hope, I hope we've been helpful. Again, Michelle, thanks for your great question. Yeah, thanks, Michelle.